0: Today's episode is brought to you by Mission Aware.
1: Welcome to Doctrine Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Jimmy Fowler, Elder Candidate at Redeemer Fellowship.
0: My name is Joe Thorne. I am the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois, and... We have got a special guest here. Who's that? We got uh, a Presbyterian brother, a dear friend to come yeah. on up,
1: Pastor Doug Logan. No, 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 no,
0: no. We've already done that. We've already Tim Keller. No, 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 no. Way more orthodox. No, no, no. I'm not saying Tim happened. Keller's unorthodox. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, just saying, saying I'm, that he's he, man, this guy's so even more orthodox. Him. No, this is a uh, younger Sproul. No, a little younger. Oh, by like sixty years. Tullian. No. A little more in the game. Oh, in the game. Yeah, in the game. Okay. Yeah. Uh, We brought in uh, our friend, our good friend, uh, real smart, godly man, Mm. uh, church planter theologian writer pastor his name is nick batzig he is the planting and current pastor of new covenant presbyterian church in richmond uh hill georgia what's that near uh just outside savannah all right so it's by savannah Savannah. he's also the editor of reformation 21 (laughs) and the christ word collective nick what's up man it's good to be on thanks for having me up here so glad that you were able to come up on mother's day weekend yeah man you hate your wife oh my well, gosh yeah, what is going be, on yeah, i'm
2: going to be re- repaying her for years okay for this, so she's up thanks for it so wait good scheduling yeah well you didn't have to <laughs> the come only reason, you have said no. the only reason you had me on everybody else said no wisely uh, Well,
0: listen you listen to the podcast you know we hardly ever have anybody on this thing so they uh, they've, they've got to be they got to be solid yeah, they got to be they got to be, be, be yeah so uh, so, man, we're really excited to have you on here, and we're excited to have a conversation about something that you're very passionate about and I'm very, very knowledgeable about. And this was something that we you know, we would love to, to talk about, but, uh, man, the fact that, that you're going to be here to help lead us through this and to help us think through it more carefully is going to be good for us. It's going to be really good for uh, the audience as well. Um, so today we're going to be talking about Christ-centered biblical interpretation or Christ-centered hermeneutics. We're we're not just talking about a general how to read the Bible. Yeah. Um, What is different? What's the what's the difference between teaching somebody in general how to understand different genres of literature and scripture, and the basics of hermeneutics, and getting to this this really core issue of Christ centered biblical interpretation?
2: What's the difference? Yeah, so I think a lot of guys will talk about grammatical historical method of biblical interpretation, which obviously we love and is right. You want to know... You know, the genres and and who the author was and what the context is. And in order to understand the scriptures properly, you have to know its historical and grammatical context and the literary genres. And so without in any way wanting to undermine that, I think one of the weaknesses that's happened over the last uh, maybe 150, 200 years, certainly not with the Puritans, But after the Puritans, and probably on account of Enlightenment, is we sort of left off the theological interpretation of the scripture. And that's where you would bring Christ into the scriptures. The Bible is written primarily uh, for redemption. Means I mean, certainly it includes God's work in the history of judgment as well, but judgment and salvation and the revelation of Christ. And Jesus says very clearly in Luke 24 that all the scriptures spoke of him. And he says in John mm-hmm. 5 that Moses spoke of me. And he says, Abraham rejoiced to see my day in John 8. And so the Bible's about Christ. And he, in a very real sense, is the theological interpretation of the Bible. Right. That's Well,
0: okay, so on the one hand... I, I i agree and I, I i value this the uh the problem that I have i suppose is that it you know especially going through um bible college as i was a new christian uh getting exposed to a lot of different streams at the time this was you know back in the nineties at the time the people that were pushing what could be called a christ centered model of biblical interpretation, it seemed really cheesy. It seemed really unnatural. It seemed, as they were introducing this to me, that, um, like, you know, where do you see Jesus in this book? Well, Jesus is Mordecai's courage. And I'm like, what? What?
2: That's just bad.
0: Okay, so what – so how – can you talk about like this the the bad versions of this before we get into like the proper ways to do it? Because I don't want people to think, oh, they're talking. I know what that's all about. That stuff's crazy. The, the, I've, the lunatics. It's like, can you give us? Well, here are the bad ways that it's, it's typically modeled, and then we're going to get into like what this really is, mm-hmm. and not that's only good. why it's important, like, but how we can understand it.
2: Yeah, and that's it's. This is a very difficult discussion because you're going to have guys that don't like what I would call biblical typology, and mm-hmm. we have to have that, and we right. can get into that yes. here shortly. And they'll then they'll chalk up anything that is uh Christological typology, some person, place, event, or thing in the Old Testament that points to Christ, and they'll say, well, that's allegorizing. And we reject a medieval allegorizing mm-hmm. method of interpreting the Bible. And then, yeah, these hokey evangelical things come about certainly through dispensationalism, where, you know, the the red cord of Rahab is the blood of Jesus. And, you know, and it's just weird. The wood of the Ark is the wood of the cross. Now, I think the Ark certainly is a type of Christ. But would, you know, would we then necessarily say because the Ark was made of wood and the cross was made of wood and everybody was saved by the wood of the Ark, you know? No, that's weird. Mm -hmm. So it takes a lot of sort of mastering the biblical principles that Jesus and the apostles give us mm-hmm. to shed light as the inspired commentary on the Old Testament and then mining those principles and then trying to consistently go back and apply them where they haven't applied them. I don't know if that's...
0: Yeah, no, because I remember... Um, I, I've, I've, I've sat under different hermeneutics professors, biblical scholars, and I know that some of them would say... Well, listen, you can't handle Scripture the way that Paul did. Paul was able to do that because he's an apostle. You don't. You can't do that. You have to rely on my method, which is this very strict and limited approach to Scripture. But you're suggesting here, not suggesting, you're saying, no, 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 we're going to follow the apostles, the apostolic example of hermeneutics and interpreting Scripture, right?
2: Yeah, Joe, thank you. That's such a great um, sort of platform to bounce off of. Um, because I heard that from loads of guys in Reformed Presbyterian circles really? in seminary. This wasn't just a sort of a, you know, um, broadly evangelical or somewhere on the dispensational spectrum of uh reactions to this sort of thing um and i remember in seminary guys challenging me well you know if the new testament doesn't say it, you can't call it a type and it's like yeah. well the writer of hebrews tells us that there's more yeah he says i wish i could go into detail on these yep. things and you're like oh please do and he doesn't and i get we need to proceed with caution and humility mm-hmm. but at the same time the new testament is not a comprehensive commentary on the old testament and right. i mean the new testament doesn't teach us explicitly how to interpret the Song of Songs. That's why we have such debate over whether this is just a human love song, divinely inspired, or whether it's about Christ and the church, which I think it's probably both and. But, you know, we have to be able to take those principles, learn from the apostles, and then consistently seek to apply them to things like the book of Judges or Joshua Mm -hmm. or all those other places where the New Testament is by and large silent. And that would include seeing Joseph as a type of Christ, uh, I think a lot sure. of people get hung up on Joseph, which is interesting to me because Joseph is like the most obvious type of Christ yeah. in yeah. the world. But because the New Testament doesn't say it, it's like, well, so that's kind of, I think, I think they air the guys. I, I commend the guys that say that because I understand they're trying to be cautious. And I think that's commendable, but I criticize them because they're, they're treating the New Testament like an, like a comprehensive inspired commentary, which is not what it was meant to be it is an inspired perfect commentary in the old testament but it's not comprehensive sure sure
1: and the other side of that though the swing side of that though is i think what people do struggle with is trying to find jesus under every bush like trying to make like force force that typology in there right yeah is that like that's what you were referring to
0: i don't remember what i was even talking about a few minutes ago my memory's pretty short but yeah that's an issue <laughs> i i definitely i've definitely seen that where you know, especially I don't know. I don't know, I, I, For some reason, Carmen uh, keeps popping into my head uh, when I think about this. But there, uh, Carmen's an old CCM artist. You went to a lot of Carmen concerts. I know, concerts. I did not. Yeah, I've you, never I been. Nick was talking about I, that I've yeah, never been you to a Carmen me concert. As a Carmen fan. I know. I know. I, I, I you look. Really did. I look the type. I talk. I'm, 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 I'm a perfect. You, you wear the black. You're the man in black. The only rep The only, ref, the only I similarity. Have no idea what that means. All right, listen. <laughs> Carmen and I. Carmen, we're all black. Yeah, and we have the same physique. That's about it. Yeah. Okay. He was and he, jacked, and I'm jacked. That's about it. Okay.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I you don't know Google. Carmen? No. Oh, same man. I'm
0: gonna, genre of music. I have preference. no
1: idea, Carmen. I've never heard a, a song. I, I if you, I don't even. I, okay. I
0: don't we're gonna we'll link in the show notes no, to a why? YouTube that, because everybody that doesn't know Carmen needs to be introduced. Yeah. Joe
2: to and I are officially declaring that we're old. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Carmen Carmen was a charismatic uh, mm-hmm.
2: singer. Um, yeah, broadly so, evangelical. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, Weird. Talk about being
1: old though. Like, I mean, Nick, time has done well for you. Well,
2: oh, Nick looks you know, good. Right? Yeah, I mean, Nick.
1: Well, because you're you're what forty? How old? are you? I'll,
2: I'll be forty this year. Keep it coming. Forty. Keep, then keep it it's coming. coming. <laughs> like, you
1: look pretty good. I mean, for forty something years old. I mean, Joe, you're hitting sixty, and I think no, you I'm forty
0: four. I'm turning forty five.
1: Wait, really? Yeah. No. Stop. Plus shut up! 10, you know, right? you know Plus, how old no, I am. No, no I honestly... Like, I know I, I look
0: older. I look older. Honestly,
1: I know I joke about Joe being 70. That's a joke. <laughs> but I really thought you were 50-something. No, you didn't. Stop yes, it. I, just,
0: did. I look old because I smoke a lot of cigars. That you know, is just, I'm all leathery. So
1: wait, you guys are about the same age?
0: I'm older. I know, but how We how could He's... have gone to Carmen concerts together, but we, <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't. I, I, I would have been in high school. He would have been in junior high, I think. That's, that he would have beat
2: there. me up. He would have bullied me.
0: I was not a bully. Okay.
2: That so dude, he's uh, being bullied.
0: Can we get back to typology over instead of my age and Carmen? So like, why'd Zac- you even get us so on like Carmen? So Zacchaeus,
1: you are what? Short. Continue. Okay. Apologies.
0: Yes. Uh, that was an example for we, all of you. We little man. <laughs> Am I? Um, all right. So let, let's let's get into this issue of so how if you okay let, let me back up. We're talking about um, you know this Christ-centered biblical interpretation, and for a lot of people. They've gotten as far as, okay, well, I understand that this is a narrative, so I need to read it a little bit differently or a lot differently than I'm going to read some prophetic piece of literature versus something that's more didactic, you know, an epistle um, versus poetry. But what's the first thing that you want to help people grasp when they begin to encounter this idea? Like, if listen, if, if all Scripture is pointing to Christ— Then how, where, how do I see that? Where do I find Christ in scripture? What's the first thing that you want them to be thinking about?
2: Yeah. And Joe, you're going to know, this is why Genesis 315 is so important. Uh, The proto evangelium is the first preaching of the gospel, the two seeds, seed of the woman, seed of the serpent, clearly a prophecy about the redeemer, clearly God declaring that he's going to crush the head of the serpent. There's an old Southern Presbyterian named Stuart Robinson who has eight points on Genesis 3.15. And he says, what could our first parents have known out of Genesis 3.15? And one of the things he says is they could have known that the Redeemer, the seed of the woman, was going to be more than a man because he would have to conquer the one who conquered man, Mm, which is a really cool point. And then he says, but they had to know that he would be a man, the seed of the woman, because man needed... A man to redeem him since he was the one that was conquered. And he's and, coming from Eve. So he's, we, right. He's, he is a man. Yeah. So they, so they, if by the work of the Holy Spirit in them, they could have known about the God man at that point just mm. by reasoning what God was saying he was going yeah. to do with the warfare. And then the rest of the Bible is an outworking of that, right? So all of Israel's interactions with the nations, Israel's a type of the Son of God, right? Israel's called my Son. God calls Israel my son in Exodus 4.20. Hosea 11.1, out of Egypt I called my son. And then that's applied to Jesus, who is the true Israel. But in the Old Testament, and that's in Matthew 2.15, but in the Old Testament, Israel is a type of the seed of the woman, the church is, and constantly in conflict with the nations, so the Philistines, the Egyptians, all these nations, the Edomites, the Amalekites, they're all types of Satan's kingdom. And then those two seeds finally come down to the true Israelite Jesus, who mm-hmm. is the seed of the woman in conflict with the serpent um, in the wilderness, tempted in all ways as the first Adam, and uh undoing all that the first Adam did, doing all that the first Adam failed to do, fulfilling the covenant promises mm-hmm. where Israel failed, so second Adam, last Adam, true israel and 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 everything then is fulfilled in him. So all the Old Testament, every part of it is moving to the Redeemer. Yeah. And then out from him, all the benefits that are ours who are in union with him. So I think that's a helpful kind of you know, quick summary of mm-hmm. where we start. So we want to get from Genesis 315 to Christ, and then we want to start piecing together. How did all the Old Testament play into that? Mm-hmm. Plan. That's what we call redemptive history, or the history of redemption. So everything in the Old Testament, in some way or another, is about Christ. It doesn't mean he's under every rock or yeah. in every verse, but everything is organically related to him. So the whole Testament is organically, you know, by sort of revelatory union from God, right? Related to Jesus. So
0: we have again, you guys know that. We're going to start preparing for these things, but we, we don't do a whole lot of prep for these th- sort of things. Uh, Nick just sat down. We haven't discussed what we're going to talk about other than we're going to talk about this issue. So I'm going to go ahead and throw something at you, Nick. All right. Um, so just because I think this will be an exercise that I know you can handle, but um, I also know that this is going to be really helpful for us who are listening um, so that we can begin to have a better understanding of what this looks like on a real practical level. Okay. All right. So if all Scripture is about Jesus— Ultimately, mm-hmm. um, how do we handle the Book of Esther, and and what in the Book of Esther? Uh, and so, summarize the basic Excellent. plot line of the yeah. of the book. So, like, without anything extra, Book of that, yeah. And so- then and then show us like this would be a a Christ centered. Uh,
2: biblical interpretation. Okay, let me do the two books in the Old Testament about women, okay. if I can. Let yeah, me do right. Esther, let me do Ruth. I think they're different and that's mm-hmm. why I'd like to do that. So yeah, right. Esther is very difficult obviously because God's not mentioned in the book. Yahweh's not mentioned in the book. Um and so that makes it hard because that that leaves us with saying Um, what do we do with this book? And, you know, El Shaddai's not mentioned, Yahweh's not mentioned every other book of the Bible he's mentioned. And I think when you start to trace out the narrative and you understand that everything happening in Esther is a result of Saul not killing King Agar and obeying God, killing the King of the Amalekites. And so Haman, the betrayer is the descendant of Agar. So that's a di- direct result of Saul's disobedience. Mm-hmm. So you understand that here, in a sense, Israel is bearing the consequences of its first king not obeying God. Yeah. And then I think, obviously, the preservation. So the principle I would look at is preservation. God is going to preserve right. Genesis 3.15. Yeah. God's promised to send the Redeemer. The Redeemer hasn't yet come. Haman wants to destroy the Jews. If the, de- if the Jews are wiped out, no Redeemer. Yep. Yeah. That's the big thing. If all the Jews are eradicated, which is what Haman's after, Mm -hmm. then Jesus doesn't come. Jesus doesn't come. The world doesn't get saved. So that would be the big principle of preservation. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the overarching. That's where I'd want to camp out on Christocentric with Esther. I wouldn't want to get into Mordecai as a type of Christ or any of that. I wouldn't want to draw too many parallels between Haman hanging himself and Judas hanging himself. Although, I would draw a parallel between David's betrayer, Ahithophel, Mm -hmm hanging himself and Jesus, the son of David's betrayer, Judas, hanging right. himself, because I think David is a clear yeah. type of yeah, type. definitely. Of course, yeah. Now with Ruth— Well, let,
0: let's just put a finer point on it for people, just to be clear. So what you've just laid out is that a, a Christ-centered uh, approach to hermeneutics when you're looking at the book of Esther doesn't see Jesus— um, Explicitly in every chapter, or even implicitly right. in every verse, but what you do see is in this historical account, in this in this story of preservation, God is um, being faithful to His promise to bring about the Christ. Like that, that's, so the that's book it. the the book itself is about Jesus because without what God did in this book, the devil wins. The, the the seed comes to an end. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Same See, as God I've, I've presi- never seen
1: it that way. Like, when you, the way you explain it there, I've never once seen The way I explained way. it right at the end. So, no, yeah. the, the way Nick The way I explained The way you explained Nick's, jo- yeah, yeah, like. jo- jo- uh, Nick's thought. Yeah, but I clarified I feel like. The way you clarified Nick's thought.
2: Gravitas and brevity. <laughs> <laughs> now, I would say it's the same thing with Noah, isn't it? Just quickly. I mean, what happens if God doesn't save Noah and ate with him in the ark? The Redeemer doesn't come. I mean, it's that principle of preservation of the seed
0: promise. All right. Now, listen, I know you're going to talk about, um, Ruth, man. I love, I love, I love the book of Ruth. We've, I've preached it here and I uh, took my kids through it. We love it, but we, we want to hear it. But I, I have to talk about something else real quick. Really um, important,
1: man. You can't mess this up. Yeah,
0: this is, it's not as important as Ruth, but But it's up there. So Nick, you don't know this. I don't think you know this, but uh, just recently, Jimmy and I got a, got a package in the mail. Mm. Um, Pretty dope. Pretty awesome. Yeah, um, it was great. In fact, I meant to bring it because I was gonna, I was gonna use one of the things. Yeah, I brought. I brought. Did them. you bring yours? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we got these uh, these coffee travel mugs. Yeah, they the, are like the Yeti style. The Yeti, the blue. Yep. Yeah, not the blue Yeti. That's I a know, microphone. Blue the the blue Yeti is a mic. You, so, you know what, Joe? What, don't right, call. Listen, have my back. com. They sent us. Uh, the, their new coffee or listen I put ice and yeah. a diet Diet coke in this thing last night but only
1: but only one medium a day so you did that last right, night you listen. did that last night but then nobody I knows what you're
0: like talking you. about so nobody wants to hear it okay. no everyone
1: wants to hear this so Joe has been on this great diet
0: I'm not on a diet yeah you are no, you've I'm been not. working
1: out you've been doing well you're down what 11, 12 pounds eh like 110 okay he's yeah he does look good you're doing great eating well look at my abs part of the his ab
0: awesome dude
2: <laughs> his
1: one ab boop he's got limp right there um, it's
2: like a hairy bagel <laughs> <laughs> my belly's like a hairy bagel. So, so Jed told
1: Joe he can only have one. No, million. she didn't. Yes, she did. No, she didn't. She she challenged
0: you to only have one. No, she didn't. Yes, she no, did. she did. You're you getting this wrong.
1: You came into staff and was like, I can
0: only have. No, one. I said I'm only going. I didn't say I can't. I said I'm just going to only. I said, gonna only-. I said, yeah. This is my own decision. My own decision. I'm yeah. only going to It lasted one about six million. hours. Six. Hours. Now I'm on my own thing. We so can we, we, we talk we about mission Office There's
1: like four Diet Cokes all around your office. All right.
0: So here here's the thing. Uh I'm I'm down on my sugar intake, I'm down on the Doing carb really intake. Good, Doing but you're all right. up
1: on mission aware.
0: All right. Mission Aware, first of all, the great thing about mission aware is no carb. No, no carb. carb. You will
1: not gain weight by buying from Missionary.
0: So they, the, the, their new mug, uh, they have a big version, right? That we have, uh, but I, uh, but they have now this perfect size. That. that is this the size. size. They, so and it's got the Spurgeon. Oh. I intend to smoke a cigar uh, to the glory of God and enjoy it. Whatever. It um, looks so good. It's dude. a great design by Peter Voth. It's a Man. perfect size cup. I put a Coke in some ice. In there, like in the middle of the evening, last night, I was sipping my, my Diet Coke while uh, watching YouTube videos and smoking a cigar. This morning, there's still ice in there. Really? Yeah, 100%. All right, that great. is crazy. I never so, tried
1: that. I throw my, st- my stuff away when I'm done.
0: I wasn't done with it. Okay. All right. So there we I go. Saying, all right. I don't leave things out like that. Yeah, I wouldn't either. So, you, do, you do. I don't know what time you're time. talking about. Look you're around here. It looks good because
1: I cleaned it. No, I, I cleaned it when I, I got here. Okay. I was about to say, I cleaned it the other day. Pat and I did.
0: That's what you guys are supposed to do. So that's not what we're supposed Mission to do. We M- Missional Wear. sent us that. They sent us some other stuff. Listen, um, they've got great designs, great products at Mission Aware We are honored uh, for Mission Aware to be sponsoring us mm-hmm. this month. Uh, we want to encourage you to go over to missionalwear.com/slash-doc-and-devo. Right. If you go to that URL, it's going to let him know that we sent you and that way he can track like wow we got a i got a bunch of people uh coming from the show so show them love show us love go to missionaware.com slash doc and devo and when you start ordering stuff make sure you buy at least 50 dollars yeah. worth of goods because if you buy 50 dollars worth of goods and then you use the promo code doc and devo you'll get 10 bucks off so you spend 50 but then you're really only spending 40
1: and it's, like, shipping $30. No, I'm playing. No, <laughs> <true>.
0: <laughs> So head on over to missionaware.com slash Doc and Devo.
1: Yep. Father's Day is coming up. Grab some stuff.
0: All right, Nick. So Christ Center, you've, you've answered the question about the book that doesn't talk about God explicitly <laughs> by showing that it is inherently about what God does. To for his people and to fulfill his promises. Now, talk about a Christ-centered interpretation approach
2: to the book of Ruth. Sure, so Ruth is different than Esther, and this is, I think, hopefully helpful to whoever's listening to this, that There are different principles that we want to try to apply where Ruth is going to have a different focus. It's going to have a different overall purpose. It's serving Uh, Ruth happens in the days of the judges, which is very interesting because in the days of the judges, you know, that downward spiral where Mm -hmm. Israel gets worse and worse and worse and worse because there's no king in Israel gets darker and darker and darker until you have the event with uh micah the priest and everything that happens with the concubine who's cut up and sent out to the ten tribes and then the war against benjamin and almost the eradication of benjamin which would have meant the eradication of saul who becomes paul the apostle paul and so you have you have that darkest period and it starts in bethlehem Hmm. and that's where boaz comes out of right so it's very interesting that in the darkest period of israel's history in the judges is, it, God is bringing light through his promise of redemption. And I think the book of Ruth is about Boaz more than about Ruth. Mm. It is about Ruth. It's about Naomi, but Boaz is the kinsman redeemer. He's a type of Christ. Very clearly comes out of Bethlehem, says to his people, the Lord bless you. The people say, the Lord bless you. That's that reciprocal blessing. Christ tells his people, you know, I've blessed you with every spiritual blessing. We bless the Lord because of Christ. And then, you know, he owns the fields. He sends his workers out into the fields. You have all these beautiful pictures of uh And he's in the lineage of Jesus, right. which is another strand, the genealogy, right, which helps bolster that idea but yeah. what is- uh what is Boaz become? He becomes the redeemer of Jew and Gentile mm-hmm. It's very interesting, mm-hmm. and so he doesn't just redeem uh Naomi the Jew, he redeems Ruth the Gentile, yeah. he is the one redeemer of Jew and Gentile, and he can only do it by being a lawkeeper. Because remember, there's another kinsman redeemer who's closer. Mm -hmm. And Boaz will not take it on himself to redeem Jew and Gentile until he obeys God's law. Isn't that powerful? That's awesome. And I think he's a picture there of Jesus as the law-keeping redeemer of Jew and Gentile. So that would be a little more typological. Yeah. But still fitting within the framework of what God had been revealing about the redeemer.
0: So, you know, people hearing this, um, you know, Christians love God's word. They love jesus christ and they want to see and experience the triune god and they want to know jesus and they want to be able to read scripture and but when you break it down like this some people are going to feel a little overwhelmed they're going to be like oh my gosh nick is so smart and handsome uh i i i'm just overwhelmed what am (laughs) i got a great beard He's,
2: well, okay. yeah. no. No. He doesn't have beer, but he it's has like good hair. I, I got is. some, it's peach. Fuzz. He's got pecs. That's I'm all I'm trying to now. hit puberty guys. <laughs> come on, I'm 40 and it's just starting to happen.
0: Time for <laughs> change. Okay. Brady Bunch reference. All right. So, so for, for people that, that like this, they're like, let's, cause when we hear you talking, we're like, man, this is so sweet. It's so good. It's so oh, encouraging. Yeah. Um, but people hear this and they, they might be overwhelmed. They might feel like, I, I don't have a brain for that, or I haven't been schooled in this, or this is too new. What are what are some places that they can start? Is there something that they can read? Yes. Um, what, what, where would you push them to,
2: to get them moving down this road in a healthy way? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff out there, but a sort of basic book, it's not super simple, but it is it is basic, is Edmund Clowney's Unfolding Mystery. Definitely tell people to read that. He gives mm-hmm. different cameos about things in the old Testament that help people see Christ in these different ways. And then there's a a pamphlet that I'm not sure if it was proclamation trust. I think it was proclamation trust, which is a group out of the UK did by Sinclair Ferguson on preaching Christ out of the old Testament. It's an 18 page pamphlet. It's a PDF online. And, um, it's, it's a little bit heavier, but he gives these really clear principles mm. he has like four principles for seeing jesus prophecy you know sort of predictive prophecy um typology he gives all these different avenues and then tries to helpfully explain it and he always keeps genesis three fifteen in view yeah. those two works i would particularly and and you know if it's hard just keep pressing through it i think they're both understandable. They're not so academic. Well, and you know Ferguson's pamphlet is not even twenty pages, so
0: it's short. Y- yeah, so you can if if it's hard, just keep going. You know, you might have to read it a few times. Yeah, I mean it's a so little like, longer
1: than Joe's booklets, but they're they're there. It's his there.
0: is a pamphlet, so I think pamphlet's shorter
2: than booklet. Uh
0: yeah, but you're pamphlet. Th- He's got staples in it.
2: If, I don't staples. If your listeners like audio, yeah. Uh, both. The, I hope they do because that's what this is. The Edmund Clowney series on preaching Christ in all, the the whole scriptures. There's a couple places where you'll find Clowney lectures on Christ in the in all the mm-hmm. scriptures, mm-hmm. and then the Keller Clowney. Yeah, Tim Keller and and uh, Edmund Clowney did a series on preaching Christ in a postmodern age or something yeah. like that. It's really helpful. Was it? Was it, it think RTS. Yeah. 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 Cool. There's yeah. some really helpful stuff. Westminster Theological Seminary and RTS yeah. have both put out a lot. And that's stuff that you can listen to while you're driving on the right. road really easy. Or mm-hmm. working out like some of
0: us do. Yeah. Um, now, so let's say people are hearing this and uh, they want to follow in the tradition of the apostles in rightly understanding the word of God, the Old Testament. Um What are some cautions that you would give people? Because I know like, you know, cage stage, everybody's cage stage and everything, right? If they're Mm -hmm. it can be anything. They can get into um, karate and like all they want to talk about is karate or they can uh, get into guns, get into guns. And all they want to talk about is gun, gun, gun gun, or cigars or whatever it is. (laughs) So um, somebody gets into this and then they start. Pulling out these weird things. And like, oh no, man, Justin, I mean not Justin. Uh, Nick 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 told me all about this. Like I not, you know, I'm finding Jesus in here. What are some cautions and some what's some general advice you would give to people that are new that are exploring this so that they don't go off the rails?
2: Yeah, so I would first say one of the dangers with this is that you make a Christ-centered biblical interpretation the totality of your biblical interpretation, mm. and you have no application. And you have no experiential Calvinism, and it can sort of become a cloak for an antinomianism of sorts. Yeah, how so? So sort of, you know, Jesus did it all, so don't worry about anything. Mm-hmm. It it can it can be used for that. Yeah. I don't think that we need to shy away from it because of that. But I think we have to be on guard. It's one element and arguably the most important element of our biblical interpretation, but it's not the totality. Right. of our biblical interpretive principles. I mean, we we want to be, you know, we want to be uh trinitarian, we want to be mm-hmm. theocentric, we want to be applicatory. We want to love the Christian life and preach the Christian life and, you know, press hard on ourselves and others the need to be living out what God wants us to live out in his word. So, but all that's rooted in Jesus. And yeah. so we don't want to press the ladder without seeing Christ. But I think there's a danger there. I also think sort of avoiding that fanciful thing that we talked about where you're 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 seeing all this weird stuff. And principle for me is if you can't find it in the Puritans. <laughs> That's because the Puritans me. have a lot of amazing typology. And sometimes I think it's a little fanciful sure, at times like sure. Spurgeon. Yeah. But if you can't if if you can't find it in the Puritans, Edwards, or Spurgeon Maybe don't tell anybody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Maybe yeah. just like, keep that to yourself. Yeah, if you've, and if like, don't the, even tell your wife and kids. If like, you're the first guy in church history to come Hide up with your wife it. and kids.
0: Chill. Chill on that. Um, okay, so that, that, that's really helpful. All right, Nick. So uh, you know, we, we brought you up here to hang out, uh, to talk about interpreting Scripture, and uh, we brought you up here to preach at Redeemer Fellowship tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, looking forward to it.
2: Now, have uh, have you decided what you're preaching on yet? You know, I've I've been praying for direct... Sorry. No, sorry. you're fine, uh, dude. I can't believe you. I, uh, you're going to laugh I, about, you know... Yeah, oh, it's, looking for I've been praying for direct, direct revelation. And, and, <laughs> and it's like it socks. It's like I don't know which pair of socks <laughs> to wear. And uh, so the second that I know... I'll, I'll, I will know No, no. Okay. I'm preaching on Luke 2 which yeah. is going to be great on Jesus being presented in the temple not my sermon is going to be great the scriptures are great yeah. well the yeah. sermon's yeah. going to be great too. Um, and uh, be all right. I'm really excited it's such an amazing passage of scripture So,
0: well uh, don't screw it up because we're going to link to it in the show notes mm-hmm. yeah. oh boy. and so everybody can check that out you guys got to get on it Nick's a great preacher so um, be sure and give that a listen and it'll only cost you 99 cents so go ahead at, no it's free you can of course uh, listen to that down there um, we're going to bring Nick back for uh, another episode uh, later on in the week um, so stay tuned for that and uh, Nick thanks for making the time we appreciate it man
2: thanks for having me on
1: appreciate you bro Thanks. Man. <laughs> big thanks to Justin Bond of J Bond Media, the audio visual wizard of Doctrine and Devotion. If you've got any audio, visual photography need, hit up jbonmedia.com dot com and he will hook you up. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo, or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head on over to the website doctrinedevotion.com. There you can sign up for our email blast. You can contact us or you can check out the store, grab yourself some shirts, some hoodies, some journals, uh, and some video content is uh, over at the store right now. Fresh pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog posts on Wednesdays. Later. Beep. 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 Have- Beep. Nick, no, you have to wait till we're done and wait. then you
0: can talk. Yeah, we're recording right now. Dude, Gosh. We have to record the whole thing over what? now. Thanks a lot, Nick.